I think it helped working with Walter. I don't know if you know that Walter Afanasiev was the, was the main producer on this album. And um, I think when I found out that I was going to be working with him, I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is my time to really showcase what I can do. And, uh, and you know, also I, I, had, I had done so many different projects up into this Windows of Time. You know, I did a Chris Brown EP and, you know, working with a, a big writing camp with like 10 guys in a room to, you know, working with Ryan Tedder and his guys. And, uh, you know, so I've gotten really, I've gotten the chance to work with some pretty heavy hitter writers, but to be able to really showcase my voice in a unique way uh, without any influence was really um was just i don't know it broke a lot of ice for me that i was you know just like just being able to to just put a pencil to these mu musical arrangements that we've been working on for man a couple months of just him writing on the piano and me singing melodies and that going back and forth for hours every day for months um and then to have this like i think we narrowed it down to like maybe 20 ideas that were like, you know, as you know, some of these songs are five, six minute arrangements. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a clean palette to just basically say, all right, let's go. Um, so I had this amazing opportunity. It was a couple summers ago in Croatia um, to take this body of work and to immerse myself in it. And that's what I did. I just every day just kind of put my phone away just um just literally studied old like i was reading old poems from the early 1900s and i was collecting my favorite phrases and you know just all, obviously you know when I, windows of time can also be like a window in time and that's truly what it was for me was was where i was mentally spiritually i mean i just became a father as of recent as well so yeah. i have like this like kind of whole new wave in my life that's um, amazing and um, and channeling all that right into the music. So, yeah, more or less, I think the title says it all. So I guess we've started the show. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I didn't know. Yeah, we're we're yeah. We're we like we usually do an intro. <laughs> There's no warm up like face that here. Out. Yeah. I, I, hit, I hit record, so we got all of that. We got uh -huh. all of that. That 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 beautiful BTS explanation of the uh the background I want to the, the behind the behind the yeah. behind the behind the yeah um so yes hello it's jordan and demi it's real with jordan demi in la it's jordan edwards in new york demi ramos today we've got asher monroe singer songwriter actor and as of late uh real housewives guest co-star uh so Let's get back. And, and father. Yeah. And father. Of course, <laughs> I can't of course. forget that. Can't forget that. Yeah. Can't, can't forget that. Um, and we, we actually went into the, you obviously went into the background of the album a little bit, um, quite a bit, actually. One thing that stood out to me um, about this album compared to some of your previous music is how, first of all, the piano is so present in this and on this mm -hmm. album, you know, the piano is just always there and, and you've received praise from Sir Elton John for uh, he he singled out the song Midnight Masquerade uh, um, on, on this on this album, and it's different than some of your EDM dance pop kind of songs that you've done in the past. So, mm -hmm. talk about you know you talked about putting it together in terms of the song, but like the, getting that that kind of piano ballady so sound. Where did that come from? Yeah, again, I, I, without going too far back, um, I always knew 
you know, it's interesting. When I first started writing in my early 20s, actually, was uh, I'll give him cred here. His name was Alain Leviton, and he actually wrote the song Try that I did in the movie Fame. And he was, I guess, one of my first real writing partners that I had that showed me not only, Asher, can you play piano, but you can also really write. And I was kind of coming out of a band signed to Warner where I didn't write my own material. I was just all these Caradiguardis, all these big name writers, Diane Warren, like they were writing material for us. Um, so to kind of start that journey, that musical journey of finding your voice, you know, going experimenting through sounds, that's truly what my early 20s was, was what do I like at that moment? And I did. I liked, you know, maybe that's why I ended up working with Chris Brown, because I liked a lot of that type of music. But when I'd write songs on the side, I think people in my inner circle were like, you wrote that? Like, that was pretty deep, Asher. And I was like, so I guess to me, it was it was like, there was this old soul that I've always had in me that you can go deeper and you're just not tapping into it yet. But again, maturity wise, where I was, I just wasn't really willing to go full on in that lane quite yet because I was writing some really early beautiful songs that I mean I could still tell you to this day I I still like I just don't know why I wasn't in the mental space to write that so again as I was progressing channeling trying these different sounds working with all these different people tapping in you know and also it's your 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 what's the word for it you're um you're sharpening your skills and I think for me being in the studio writing, recording, engineering, all that stuff was all sharpening the skills. And I guess I just always knew that piano for me really showcased my vocals in a way that other tracks or produced things didn't. And I was told that, you know, you get, you get, you get praise and you get criticism. The criticism would have been that, well, Asher, you're, 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 you're clouding yourself in too much production or your, 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 your vocals, which we can hear, aren't shining through. And um, so when I would do piano ballads per se, people really resonated with that. And I was like, well, I need to tap into that more. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, as the years was going on and, and trialing out different methods, I think that's what I kind of fell on was like, all right, well, I've been a vocalist at heart my whole life, you know, starting from Broadway days to all the other things that I've done to then now writing my own material how can I find my lane? And so I feel like with this album, it was definitely that I was tapping into what I always knew, but that I was finally honing in on. And so I'm glad to, sh to have showcased um, my writing ability, my vocal ability, the way that I feel like it is accurately portrayed in this album. It's also like, you know, it's also very vulnerable for artists to like release bodies of work or even just singles that are just like, straight facts, you know, like things mm -hmm. that happened. What was, what was going through your head the night that this album was going to come out? Like when, when it was going to be midnight, you know, when you well, like, oh my God, like I'm putting everything on the table in these lyrics. By the actual time, the day that I was releasing it, all that anxiety was already gone, mm -hmm. but everything up into that point, it's weird how the process behind showcasing your art to the world you know, you do get butterflies, of course. Um, and I probably wished I had released the album a little bit even earlier than I did. But I also wanted to parlay it with other things that were going on. And to really, at the end of the day, you know, I am doing this independent. So I have to think a little bit different about how I release material because um, 
I want the most as many eyeballs and ears as I can on it because again, I don't have that giant main stage that some of these majors have to play with. But again, this I'm not. This is there's no. Uh, it's it, it. I'm actually really enjoyed it because I've actually been able to have my own voice and I set my own schedules and I get to do and release things when I want to. And so I was. It was. It was. It was time. I was really, really ready for this body of work to come out and showcase to the world again uh, just a new a new sound. I think a lot of my fans were really surprised by like what you were tapping on is like the t how deep I went with some of these songs. Because again, for me, I still can't like story of a bird and some of these songs. I still like I, I'm still in shock that I was even behind some of these songs in terms of just where I was. And I, I had a lot of crazy premonitions and weird things happening while the songs were being written. And yeah, it's like this buildup of something in you that you're like, finally, when you release it, you can breathe. You can say, ah, you know, and just, and I actually wasn't even ready to start new writing material as well. I was like, before I need to get this out before I can really engross into new stuff. And so you are actually, in a way, you trap yourself as an artist by not releasing. My old way of doing it is I'd used to write a song and I'd hold on to it for years before I'd release it. And my, and I've kind of my, I'm trying to get with a new method of just when you do something, just put something out. You know, and it doesn't have to be like the whole game, what it is now, which is just, you know, quantity over quality. I still want to put out quality work, but at the same time, I don't want to hold on to it as long as I used to, because I really feel like it, it prohibits me at, uh, from growing into what I'm currently in the moment. Like right now, I'm writing songs every day. I'm sitting down at the piano. I'm, I'm hashing out ideas, working with new people. And it's that muscle you're not you don't allow yourself to do if you're holding on to all this stuff it's mine it's like in my it's playlist like no one wants to it. it's like what what made the reason why i guess maybe you write the song is kind of has that it's past like maybe you don't feel as connected to the song anymore you know what i'm saying if you sit on it for too long i have yeah i, I think i've had that i've had both sides of the coin i've had songs where i've held on to it so long that by the time i actually release it i was over it mm -hmm. But then I had songs like the ones that I didn't win this, this album. And I personally, I hope I'm not going wood. I hope in five, 10 years time, I can still look back because I still do and really be proud of the work that I did. Um, and so I want to be at that level where every time I put something out, it can feel almost in a way timeless. Um, and that was the one good thing I would say about this album is I was not chasing radio trends. I was not trying. No, this to is like an anti TikTok album. You have eight songs a lot of them are four to six minutes long you know because now the thing is TikTok, like two minute long song get the hook get the chorus you're yeah. out you know and yeah and honestly i didn't even I, I guys i didn't even know where i was gonna be i still don't my my life is so upended sometimes that i thought i was gonna be in london doing west end i'll be generally honest with you that's where i thought i was planting my roots in this last period of time you know, but I was traveling a lot. We were doing this. Then Diana took the show and then we're like, oh, we're going back to L.A. We just left L.A. I thought that was my like my last yeah. chapter. And now, I'm, you know, so yeah. and so I'm, I'm constantly moving and 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 think and I like it. I like that stimulation. I've always been in that mode of traveling, even the song on the album Wanderlust. That is truly my zeal for travel. I love discovering new places. I love meeting new people. I love cultures. I love, I'm a foodie at heart. I, I, I love, love, love to just see new places and explore. So, and that's also part of my inspiration. Every time I travel, I always come back with new inspiration and I channel that usually into my work and my music. 
So I feel like all of that helps, but yeah, it, it's just, it's one of those things where you kind of, you can't control life all the time. You have to let it go and, and, and ride the wave. You mentioned, um, you know, you, you just, you've been on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and, and what's confusing me, Ashram, we can cut this out is that on your press materials, it says you guys are married in the Bravo stuff. It says you guys are engaged. So what 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 are we going with? You know, I, I, I'll I'll be I'll be straight out honest. I'm I've been with Diana for twelve years. Yeah, I know and, you guys have been around together. And for a while. this is not a new relationship. We've been together. Uh, we have now our first child together. Uh, I would say we're more married at heart than officially on paper. Gotcha, gotcha. If that's I'm a cool. better way to say it, like I'm with this woman. They, like there's no. Are, other, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and that's the thing. Everyone has their way of going about it. You know, I could flash my a ring on my my finger and say, oh, it's official. But I, I there, you know, it's just it, you know, in your heart when it's official. And I don't need yeah. a government to tell me that that it is. And that might be people look at it and be like, well, that's that's what you know, that's how you do it. But well, it's for funny me, I might they... do that one day. I still might. I might have an official wedding. I might do it, right. you know, like how we dreamt maybe in Croatia where we love to go every other summer you know, and do an old school, like, you know, we've, we've thought we've actually talked about places that we could do it. Um, I have a joke about, you know, me actually proposing to her. It was, it was like, I was every year I was, <laughs> I was, uh, it was always going to be, Oh, this is the year I'm going to, I'm going to do it this year. And I always wanted something really amazing to happen. I actually have a funny Sherry to stare. I think we were in South America and we were going through this like fire pit zip line and I was like, yeah, this is the epic moment. I actually had the ring in my pocket. Oh, and sure. um, and I was like, I said, and I and I yelled it to her when we went through this giant fire pit flame and she didn't hear it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should uh maybe I should take that back and try again. And I didn't, <laughs> she didn't actually hear me say it. She was so in like the zone of what was going on. And so I was like, I'm gonna wait. That didn't really work. That didn't fly out too well. So that was actually, better than doing it on the Jumbotron in a baseball game. Huh? It's better than doing it on a jumbotron at a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, all right, try again. Get back to the books. So, um, no. I, look, like I said, that that's the best I can I can share with where that's at. I, I think fiance is a nice term because it is pretty much close to what it is. It's it's like any minute now we'll probably pick a place. It's funny though because it sounds recent. When I think of fiance, I think of like, oh, you guys have been. It's it's yeah. a recent within right? the last six months or something. It's kind you of you know. I'll say it's better than boyfriend because boyfriend also sounds like something really new. Like oh, this cool. boyfriend. Well, especially you know, a lot of people may not know you you're coming into the real housewives arena some people may not know be as familiar with you and if uh -huh. you come across as a boyfriend it almost feels temporary or something well temporary you know? or just met or I, it doesn't feel as official as like you know again how long i've been with her and that we have our own we have a child together so it's like yeah. i feel like it's an appropriate term and i we kind of went with it and mm -hmm. i think that was bravo's decision honestly i don't even think that we chose that so yeah yeah, um, sometimes but, that's how that goes. I'm it is what it is. Cover art for Windows of Time, and honestly, this is trippy. Like mm. it's trippy art. Can you tell it me, is. like, the concept behind this and how? I mean, was it one of those things that you just nailed it right away? Like the first thing they sent to you, or you know, whoever you're working with? What yeah. Um, no, that's cool that you're asking about it. Um, a, a lot. You know, I, I work with a lot of different type of artists, and. Um, I'm really into surrealist uh, surrealism art, like fantasy. Yeah, fantasy juxtaposing things. Like I, I was actually people probably does don't know this about me as well, but like 
I would say for fun as a hobby, not, I wouldn't do it for work. I'm pretty good interior designer. Uh, and a lot of the homes that we've lived in over the years, I really enjoy uh, making things from scratch. I putting art in weird places and doing different things. And so uh, there was a home that I used to, uh, we, we, I did a lot of work at and, um, and one of the, one of the pieces of art was this floating rose and it was kind of like over this landscape. And I think in the last number of years, that type of style of art has really, there's just something that draws me towards it. And I guess I was lucky with the one, one of the artists that I was working with was because I had already just finished the XR show. That's a whole other thing I'm happy to talk about if you guys want to jump into that. But that is also very surrealist, very immersive, very out there universes. And I felt like it tied in with the whole album. And so I just said, look, these are the type of symbols and themes that are, are, are kind of big throughout the album. And I want to put this all together. It's almost like if somebody's like, you know, designing their own tattoo, they have like all these things that they want to do. And then the artist says, well, here's my design. That's kind of more or less what I said. It's like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Uh, you know, so I'm very hands-on with all of the work, everything that I ever put out. And, um, and I, I just, it was, it blew me away when he sent it to me. I think I got chills up my, my, it kind of looks like Salvador Dali meets like seventies psychedelic is kind okay. of like, yeah, that's cool. No, I love that. I just, I think for anyone that knows the album and I wanted this to be a, like a listening experience. And, and I think mm -hmm. it's like, it's interesting. I heard like an interview with Adele recently, just about the, or I think it was Adele or Beyonce, one of the two, just about the lost arm of artists really like pouring into an album mm -hmm. and, 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 and the experience of sitting down and listening to a body of work from start to finish. And that's yeah. truly, really what I wanted to tap into. You know, There's I a lot of people who album. don't do albums for a long time. They'll wait seven, eight years before they actually. Yeah, well, that's how they used to do. Out, like bands would go away for a few years, they'd work on an album, and then they'd make a big splash, and then they'd go on tour, it's and that was the old school way of doing it. So it's changed a little bit in this day and age, right, with music, because people just want content. They just want something out there, and so you kind of have to keep feeding the machine a little bit. But and and it is hard for artists to go back that far and just you know unless you really have a proper team set up where you know everything. But for me, that's kind of how it's worked. Is like you know I tease a little bit here and there, but I'm I'm gonna trying to be probably doing more of that approach. Is just like kind of getting to the drawing board so that each time I do come with something, it's like whoa, I didn't expect that. I'd much rather have that than be like oh he's doing this again. Oh I've heard that you know. So I like the challenge. I like that. Um, but the album the album cover really. I mean, I, I accurately speaks to what I think the whole picture of this whole project is and actually what's to come with the XR show. I think it really showcases the whole thing, I, I think, personally, very well. Speaking yeah. of Adele, um, I heard... What's up, Jordan? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Demi. Well, you guys, I heard this like segment this of an interview. I think I was just scrolling. And she was talking about... like music turnover, single versus album, and like TikTok culture, which mm -hmm. we wouldn't have been talking about recently. is just like, nowadays it feels like a lot of, you know, um, artists signed with like major labels are being uh, kind of pushed to put out music that maybe, you know, the course is in the first 10 seconds, just to get mm -hmm. that out there as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she said, which is interesting, was she's like, I don't want to make music for TikTok. She's like, mm -hmm. music. She's like, I'm 30, or I think she's 30 or something like that. She's like, who's making music for my people? 
Because like everyone's just worried about making music for, you know, the kids like on TikTok. But like it's it's kind of true because I find that a lot of people maybe that are later in life are going back to date, like still listening to music from like, you know, 2000s, 90s, just every other era but today. And I think that's because maybe what's being pushed now by labels mm -hmm. is just kind of like fast and, you know. Well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I, I feel like in general, it's kind of like there's always going to be a direction where I feel most people turn and fads do come in and out. But I also think that, you know, there are many out there, like you said, many people who maybe want to go the other way. And I'd rather like sometimes entertain that instead of always just going towards because it's a, it becomes almost like a bottleneck. If so many people are going towards that one direction, it, it, it it's there's no much there's not much room to play there. It's just like that's what it is, and let's force the agenda because it's temporarily working, and and everyone thinks well that's it. And so when you have a mass amount of people running in one direction, I kind of find that you'll just it it, it kind of muddles the water in my opinion. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but like. I don't know. I think originality and, and I'm not saying there's not original songs or, or maybe that might work for right now. You know, maybe the whole idea of getting to the chorus sooner or, you know, people just might like, maybe the old stuff is too long for some people and they want to just get right to it. Again, there's going to be something for everybody. And the great thing about where we live in the, you know, where, how, how media is spread these days and how music is consumed. There's so many different, even TV, if you think about it, how many, how many, streaming services do you go through till you find the TV show that you want to end up watching? Netflix, Hulu, Apple, you kind of bounce between all of them. You're like, which one's going to show me what I want? And maybe there's a streaming platform will come out that will suit your needs and the kind of like the, the creative stuff you're after. So I feel like there's, there's going to be something for everybody. I think at the end of the day, you as the artist though, have to have your own voice and you have to push your own because if you just follow the mold, everybody's going to be following the same thing and everyone's going to sound the same. And where, where's the fun in that? Um, you, you have actually, you've, you've done some acting in the past. You famously did Broadway when you were a little kid mm -hmm. and you, uh, had, um, you know, guest roles on TV shows, but it's been a while. It's been 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, now that you've kind of got a little, you've got this little dose of TV exposure. Do you have any, um, desire to go back and do episodic TV? You know, I, it's funny. I, I, I think if you had asked me this question, like ago, I probably would have been like, nah, I'm good. I'm still doing my music thing and I'm enjoying it. But I feel like maybe because um, maybe getting this album off my chest has kind of opened some things, you know, I'll see, I'll see sometimes a movie or a TV show and it will bring me back to like really enjoying and immersing myself into an acting role. Um, so I won't say I'm, 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 I'm putting it completely off the books. I feel like I also don't want to force it. I feel like I'm on this nice, like this nice uh, balance in my life where everything kind of feels good. I'm doing just enough of everything where I'm not feeling like, ah, if I do it too much, I'm going to fry myself. So that was my, that's always my concern, right? When I was doing fame and I was doing, you know, signed to a major label. And then I was doing all these different things where I was taking different movie projects and, and trying to do music. It kind of did pull me in two different directions. And so that's why I've kind of enjoyed doing really one solid thing and growing with that at my own speed, of course. Um, but to answer your question, 
I think if the right role came along and also maybe the right representation again to get me into the right doors, because I don't want to go on just your cattle call auditions anymore. Like I yeah. really want to be seen. I'd also tell them, look, if it's music related projects, I'll go in, you know, or if it's something like, I'll be honest, like the Elvis movie, like stuff like that really interests me. You should have been Elvis. They should have just made you Elvis. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I mean, I've been considered for a few Aladdin and like some of these other ones. And um, I guess, I don't know, for me, I'd rather just, I'd rather use my, my vocal talent. And again, I, I don't know what the future holds, right? Who knows? My yeah. Kind of, you know, well, and I think, I think musical theater is, is musical theater is as big as it's been in 50 years. And you mm -hmm. could obviously, that's like right down your, you know, mm -hmm. um, well, that too, right? That's why I was like, if I was in London right now, I would probably be really seeking doing, um, you know, some show on the West End, because that's something I haven't done, and so I would love to to kind of tick that off the box and be able to Do say. You, I, I grew up, I grew up doing musical theater, did musical theater in high school and and, um, and community theater. Yeah, it's, is this a fun I, fact I, that you didn't know? My dark, dark past. <laughs> but I remember we always talk about our dream roles, like if we could have the dream role, if you could be, you know, um, the, the King of Siam, or you could be, you know, whatever at the time, I guess they probably don't do a King of Siam anymore, but, um, but do you have a, a musical theater role that you have in mind or a weirdly enough? Role? It is, it is, it is a show that everybody knows, but I, now that I'm like, you know, an adult, cause a lot of the stuff I grew up doing were like kid roles, you know, sure, I, played sure, Oliver, sure. I was chipping beating the beast, you know, I was in sound of music. I was in all these different shows. And so, uh, to be like, you know, the leading man, uh, I, I've always wanted to play the Phantom. Uh, well, the it's funny because album. I feel like your, your album has kind of an Andrew Lloyd Webber vibe. Uh -huh. uh, that's cool. That, yeah. See, yeah. there you go. There, there is some common thread there. And I think something with that, that I love that the music from that show. So yeah, I know it's been done, right. It's been on Broadway for so long and so many phantoms have right. done it, but maybe there's some spin on it. Maybe there's something that hasn't been done, but I think that would be a fun role to play one day. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you talk about possibly getting back into acting and all this things. There's a different, when you're 21, 22, you're still going out for college roles for high school roles. Totally. Now, now you're in your thirties you can play yeah. people in your thirties. You can play dads. You can play, I don't know, professional <laughs> I know. athletes. I know, I know. I was There's all, all sorts of different roles that open up in your thirties. It is so true. That's why you're, you're, you, you nail something really, really big there because you're right. I think all the stuff I was being sent out for a long while was like, you know, the cute boyfriend, the, the neighbor. The, you can the, still play the cute boy. And not that I still, you're right. Not that I still can't do that, but. I think, yeah, I think when you're at a certain age, those are the type of roles that are just available. And now that I'm in a different place in my life and I have life experience yeah. under my belt and all these other things that I feel like I can really bring into these roles. Um, yeah, I think the meteor parts where I could really play some characters would be really fun to just get my, sink my teeth into something like that. Yeah. Could you play yeah. a villain? Oh yeah, totally. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, though it's, it's endless. And I think, you know, it's, just, it's just having the courage and the guts to jump into that lane because it is, it's, it's, there's a, it's heavy competition. It's like, you're not going to win them all. And, but at the same time, those few yeses were always the fun part about, you know, doing what I did in my childhood it was just like, oh man, like all those experiences, all the places I got to go and people I got to work with, it just makes, I don't know. It's just, it's a fun. And, and I think maybe the way I do my music is living in a fantasy world. 
because we all have reality. We all have some type of mundane reality that we live in. But, you know, sometimes it's kind of fun to escape to that different place. Yeah. Um, dads. Okay. <laughs> I want to know, how do you, so when you're a father, how do we balance this with kind of like also being very in your career right now? Mm. I mean, believe it or not, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question because I know where you're going with this. Mm -hmm. I think before, before I had Ellie, um, I thought, man, this is going to like cramp my style. This is going to like get Mm -hmm. in the way of all my dreams. No, no, I truly, I like, I always wanted kids. I'm always great with kids. It's just that having my own was another thing. It was like, you really have to be ready. And I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be cut out, you know, for all this. And I won't get to do all the things that I want to do, but that couldn't be farthest from the truth. I think when she came into my world, it gave me not only, and it's, you know, I think a lot of parents can relate to this, but it, 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 it not only gave me a new meaning and purpose for just living, um, it actually gave me more drive when I have the time. So it's like, I, I selflessly give myself to my daughter throughout the whole day. Right. And she has me all these different times, but the times that let's say she goes down for a nap or she's, you know, nanny's helping me or she's with mommy doing something. I am so engrossed in what I'm doing that I'm like it, my, 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 just my focus in that time. I have no time for BS. And it's also too, I cut things that I probably would have went on longer with, you know, it's just, you just, you're so much more direct in the things that you want to do. And, and, and you just, I don't know, it just brings you to a new level. So I think that that false narrative that having kids, you need all these things to have kids and it's going to take away. It's so not true. Um, So I, I just think she's brought so much meaning and joy and love to my life and brought me and Diana closer and all these th- amazing things that you just don't see. Um, and it's just made my life that much better. So I, I really have no complaints. Um, but How yeah, it, it, there's a juggling. It's, it's time management. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's very much time management. How has being having a child how has it affected your relationship? You mentioned being closer to Diana. First mm-hmm. of all, how is Diana as a mom? Oh, fantastic. Oh my gosh. She's one of the best. I could not ask for a better mom. She's so hands-on, so fun, so loving, so giving of her time and energy. And, um, and it's weird, right? Cause when you're with someone, um, she didn't know how I was going to be as a dad. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I guess I kind of knew cause I stepfathered her two other children. So I yeah, kind of had, had, tr- had a run up, you had a run up. I had a run up a little bit yeah. on her. She didn't know of me, but I had a run up of her of like, Oh, yeah. I know how she works. And I know that she sets up her world very nicely for her kids in a way that's just like, it's like, she's been around all the craziness her whole life as well. And her circle yeah. of friends that she runs in and but she runs it in a way that she's always like putting her kids first. And I love that, you know, like she doesn't really introduce them to things unless they're at a place or in their life or an age that they've kind of like, it's not so like, I guess I'm just trying to say, you know, like some people that have kids and they grow up in the industry, they're around too much of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they found, she found the balance of not being too sheltered, but not being too exposed. Yeah. Does that make sense? And there's also the balance of, you know, you guys aren't, you know, living in a trailer. You guys have, you guys are comfortable. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to spoil your kids, but you also want them 
to grow up with things. Well, that that's they it. You know, for instance, and I'll say this to speak to her, you know, she, she, you know, if you know a little bit about her story, you know, in terms of, you know, she, she was a Bosnian war refugee and she escaped the war and the genocide 20 years ago. And so her, her story is fascinating. I mean, you yeah, can write a book and do a movie on it. Um, but the fact is that, you know, I think there's part of that engraved in her kids as well. The mm -hmm. fact that there's this heritage, the fact that, she, you know, her parents, she has amazing uh, parents. Uh, actually, Nano is with us right now uh, in Hawaii. Well, you know, and so it's kind of nice having more of the the bloodline with us. But there's just something about the the culture there, the people. They're so true-hearted, amazing. Just you can't corrupt a Bosnian, if that's a better way to put it. They're just so awesome rock star people. Uh, and I can't speak highly enough of it. And I've been to Bosnia so many times and I love it and I love going back. So I think that's also there. Like the kids, like, you know, for their summers, they'd go back to Bosnia and hang with, you know, friends and, 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 you know, Konitz, which is like a, which is like one of those areas is just like a river and it's just beautiful greenery and nature. And it's just nothing there to really like, you know, so it's having that balance too. They're not just Hollywood kids. Where they grow up and you know, there's just around famous people yeah. and all the time. It's not like that, you know. Of course, they have people, you know, that'll stop in and be like, "Well, hey," but at the same time, they have a balance. And I think it's all about in life. You just have to kind of find that balance. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, just I'm curious about logistics of you know, because this whole reality show thing is new to you. Mm -hmm. Um, was it tough adjusting to having cameras around to having to like you have to be here at this one at this time to do this scene or and and you're trying to be a dad and you're trying to do your music how difficult was it to kind of have that around to have the the crew around the cameras around you know i think for me maybe i can't speak for diana but for myself i would say it wasn't too hard maybe because i've been around it my whole life and it, sure. to me it's just another facet of the entertainment yeah you're right i've never done per se reality and open my life up. But at the same time, I kind of feel like I'm working with a cast, yeah. you know, I feel like it's an ensemble and I'm just one of the ensemble and, yeah. and Hey, we're here to work and let's chat and do what we do normally. And Oh, oh there's cameras. Cool. So I don't really ever get to, I don't, you know, it doesn't spook me by any way. And I don't act any different who I am probably see on screen is that's, that's really who I am. Um, and um, so I guess there's kind of cool parts about it. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, there's always, there's always going to be, you know, scrutiny and people that have opinions about what you should say yeah. or do or this or that. Yeah. And that part that I guess that can weigh on anyone, you know, no like, human. Is like there are articles, the last episode that aired as we were recording, this was the Christmas episode where uh -huh. you saying, Oh, Holy night uh -huh. at, at, at a party. And, and there's like articles about your singing performance and about, the way the, the the cast reacted and the way the fans reacted and yeah and I just I can't imagine they hyper analyze everything. Oh right? I know I just can't yeah. imagine. By the way, you had a dope suit in that scene by the way. We'll take a photo of that. That's pretty <laughs> Thank cool you suit. so much. Yeah no that was a pretty cool rocking suit. I was I was pretty stoked to to yeah no I think that's kind of been more my like I don't know. I feel like I'm rocking a lot of these days, like modern seventies. Like I enjoy yeah, that type of definitely love the, love the, the bold color choices. Yeah. I have a friend who's um, on a, who just shot a reality show. Um, I forget where it's coming out, but she's like, it's, you know, it's her first introduction to that. And um, yeah, she's, she's honestly, she's kind of like worried because she, 
wasn't prepared for the certain kind of questions that they were going to mm. ask her and how much she was, you know, just so willing to open up. And then she walked away from the cameras and she was like, wait a second. So mm. how much of yourself do you hold back from the show? And are you conscious of it? Yeah, I think you were definitely conscious of how much you want to let out. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, I I wouldn't even say Diana or myself are filtering much. It's kind of like... I feel like you kind of know what you're getting into when you sign yeah. up on the show. Yeah, there's, there's part of it that's just like, you know you're here for that reason. So yeah. you can't be too surprised by the questions they ask you. And nothing's right. off the books. Mm -hmm. So if something happens in, on screen or off screen... People are going to talk about it, whether it's the girls, whether it's the public, whether it's, you know, who named. So you always got to be prepared that something will be brought up, whether it's it's to praise you or to bring you down. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I think as long as you're OK with both sides of the coin, because you have to be able to take both. You do have to have kind of a little bit of like thick skin uh, to be able to just be open, like you said, about certain subjects that maybe you wouldn't be so about. But that's. I think, I think, I don't know. I'm finding in this day and age, like people just want to see more real, real people just talk about things. You know, it's like even Will Smith doing as a public apology. And maybe 10 years ago, no, A-list celebrities yeah. would never have no. to do it. Oh yeah. A few days yeah, ago. I, I, I dropped you, you. Wait, what did that look like? He like sent a video out? Yeah, I sent a video yeah. out where he's sitting on, on, his, on his stage. Yeah, yeah. He, he like, you can tell he produced it and he yeah like, Control the message. You got to control, control the message. Control the narrative. Yeah. Is it to you guys? I haven't seen it yet. I have to see it. Yeah. I mean, look, I've always been a fan of, of Will. I'm not, I'm not, I can't speak on what he did that night, but I'm just saying, like, in general, I think it's good that people have their own platforms that they mm -hmm. can speak and, and, and like you said, their own narrative. So if any come against any one of us, the fact that we all have our own platforms that we can kind of say, well, you know, that part of this is true and part of that isn't true. The fact that we're able to do that and have those moments nowadays is good. It's a good. It's a. It's a good way to share information, um, and also, like you said, not let somebody else script your own narrative. You get to do it yourself. So, I think yeah. And the great advantage, just Asher, is that beyond the way fans perceive you or what you what happens on the show is you've got this whole new bank of people listening to your music that you did maybe didn't listen to it six months ago. So that's a real positive to being on this show. For sure. For sure. I, I, I'm not going to say that this is not some type of platform and that it, it doesn't allow, you know, new, uh, new, new people to kind of discover my music, which is, which is awesome. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, it's just, it's great to show who I am, who we are as a family. Um, and at the same time, you know, bring some light into the world with my music and showcase the positive message that I try to portray and put out to the world um and and do it in my you know in my way in my own unique way so yeah I, it's great it's great that new fans and new people are discovering me and um and yeah it's good it must be awesome too to go through this journey um with the show with your partner like it's not like it's like you know you know what i'm saying it's like you guys mm -hmm. are together in this and you have like a tag team partner maybe you guys can kind of like call each other out when there's something you can mm -hmm. watch each other and kind of be there it's kind of you know yeah. Yeah. You're right. Where you have a teammate, you have somebody you can kind of rely on. And like you said, when the cameras are off, when they're not rolling, you can talk about things, you know, and she can channel to me whether she likes something or she doesn't like something. And I can tell her the same. And you're right. It's always good. And you know, I guess whether it's a relationship or whether it's like I said, us shooting on the show, 
uh, having just a, a team player that you can confide in is, is always amazing to go through life with and have that and have that. So I, I yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, I guess you, you can call it a blessing, but yeah. All right, Asher, we will let you go. Thank you so much for joining us on this real with Jordan Demi. Yeah. And enjoy Hawaii. You're you're in Hawaii right now. We were gonna do this in person. And you're probably I know I would have totally done it in person. Asher's in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys adapting the the show yeah. to accommodate uh, me being here and uh of course. You know, and I appreciate we'll get we'll get the wide shot. You you are wearing a Hawaiian shirt in Hawaii. That's right. You know, I gotta rock it the right way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I know. Yeah. All right. So um, the album is out. Real Housewives is out. You're like, you're riding high. You're riding this wave. Congratulations on everything. Thank you so much. And we uh, encourage everyone to uh, follow you on social media for more. Please do. Please do. Thank you guys again. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later, Asher. All right. See you later. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. That was Asher Monroe. Damn, that Hawaiian shirt. That Hawaiian shirt. Love it. The new album, Windows of Time, is out now. And of course, you can catch Asher on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Bravo. That'll do it for us. I'm Jordan. This is Demi. As always, go to popdust.com for our latest episodes and pop culture news and features. And check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you later. Later.